Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Everything Economics. I am your host, Talia Murdoch, and I'm very happy to be back here after about a month away. I was visiting family and friends who I hadn't seen for almost two years, so it's safe to say I was pretty well occupied. Today, I'll be discussing water in California, specifically the problems they are facing. Next week, I will get to solutions for the future, so I first want to paint a picture of what is going on in the state and what the economic impacts are when this resource that is so essential to life becomes scarce. So first up, a few demographics and stats to put the state into perspective. I think everyone knows California pretty well because of its vast influence on all aspects of media, but just in case, here are a few. In 2017, California was home to 39.54 million people. It is the most populous state in the US, with Los Angeles clearly being the largest city. Its state gross product, so the state equivalent of GDP, 2.75 trillion US dollars, making it not only the largest economy in the US, but also the fifth largest economy in the world. It is safe to say that California is a critical driving force of global markets and culture. Arguably the biggest problem now facing the successful state, the risk of running out of water if appropriate and fast action is not taken. California is, for the most part, an arid state. It gets an average of 200 million acre-feet of rainfall each year, so we're talking enough water to fill 100 million Olympic-sized pools. But only 75 million acre-feet of that water is available for management and distribution across the state. On top of this, about 75% of this rainfall is north of its capital, Sacramento, while 75% of demand is in the south, for example, the Central Valley farmland, Los Angeles, and other surrounding areas. This on its own poses a problem, let alone the fact that the state suffers droughts that are only becoming more frequent and more severe as a result of climate change. So what happens when the state is in drought? Well, there are two key water supply sources in California. Groundwater, which, as it says, comes out of the ground from aquifers, and surface water, which is the runoff available from rainfall. In a normal year, groundwater only contributes to about 30% of the water supply, with surface water providing the majority. In particular, the massive Colorado River would usually supply up to 65% of irrigation and urban water to the state. During a drought, this changes drastically as there is less and less surface water available with every year that a drought continues seeing groundwater supply up to 60% or more during these years. Why is this a problem? Because groundwater starts to be removed at a faster rate than it is replaced. This is known as overdrafting and has a number of implications aside from reduced water supply, such as increased groundwater pumping costs, the cost of well replacement or deepening, and contamination risks. Unfortunately, it is so hard to find data on these costs due to current regulations but a few fantastic sources have managed to find some figures. So, for example, during a drought in 1999, groundwater overdraft was 2.2 million acre-feet, or over a million Olympic-sized swimming pools. Between 2011 and 2014, during some of the 2012 to 2016 drought that was recently suffered, 12 million acre-feet of groundwater was overdrawn, equivalent to about 6 million Olympic-sized pools. It's so much water but it is needed. Now, overdrafting takes a massive toll on electricity needs. Energy needs increase as groundwater goes down as it takes a lot of energy to move and treat water to make it suitable for industrial, agricultural, and residential use. Nearly 20% of California's total electricity consumption is water-related, 
compared to an estimated 4% nationwide. So it is five times as high as the national average because it just doesn't get enough rain for its population and other economic needs. This is not only to do with the fact that the water supply is reduced overall, but that demand and supply of water are also seasonal. The majority of groundwater pumping happens in the summer when rainfall is low or nothing. This coincides with peak energy demand as households and businesses cool their homes, use more water in the garden, etc. So a lot of strain is put on the electricity supply, increasing the cost and price. In 2011, Fresno, which is part of the Central Valley and who gets about 85% of its water from the ground, was drawing twice as much from its aquifer as is replaced by rainfall each year, spent $9 million on electricity to pump water. Now, to put that into perspective, that is equal to providing over 8,500 American families with affordable healthcare. I am in no way saying that Fresno should not have spent that money on pumping water. Absolutely not. It needed it. I just want to show how the increased costs, if the problem isn't efficiently addressed, could be elsewhere spent in the future. Things only got worse as the drought continued, and in 2014, the Californian economy lost $2.2 billion to statewide agriculture due to drought. That's a huge hit. So where is all the water used? About 11% of water consumption occurs in the home, mostly for outdoor and landscaping purposes, toilets and showers. It baffles me why we still use fresh drinking water in toilets. I don't really get why. The biggest consumer of water in the state is, as expected, agriculture, accounting for about 39% of total consumption. Of this total, 18% of irrigation water is used to grow alfalfa, with the majority being used as livestock feed. Now, this opens up a whole other can of worms about whether this is the best use of the scarce resource, but I will be saving that for another day. Of all the farmland regions in California and in the United States as a whole, the Central Valley consumes most of the irrigation water. It is arguable that this land was never really meant to be used for farming because it is so arid and water scarce, but nonetheless, it is also warm and sunny. With the right amount of water, it is perfect for growing many crops. The problem is that it doesn't necessarily get the right amount of water for a number of crops that are grown in the area, but that really comes down to what is profitable at a time and isn't hugely important to what we're talking about. You will read articles about people blaming almond growers for the water loss, but that isn't really fair, as you could also say the same for people who raise livestock. So it's not really relevant. Also, what we definitely have to remember when considering agriculture's use of water here is that California produces over a third of the US's vegetables and two thirds of the fruits and nuts. So a lot of these water related issues are imported. In 2017, about 40% of its produce was exported worldwide. The agriculture sector in California is a key part when it comes to feeding the world, let alone just making money for its economy. So do keep this in mind. It can't just go away. As for other costs related to reduced water supply and more specifically overdrafting, are the costs of repairing damages and the risk of water contamination. When an aquifer is depleted more quickly than its water is replaced, Clay layers are drained and the land will subside and compact, creating an actual drop in the land's elevation. This subsidence will not generally rebound, even if previous water levels are restored, as the damage becomes permanent. 
So far, the Santa Clara Valley has spent $756 million on such damages, while the San Joaquin Valley spent $1.3 billion between 1955 and 1972. It is expected that the total repair expenses are even higher, but as previously mentioned, this data isn't easy to come across. So if you happen to know the newer figures, please let me know. Potentially, the most terrifying threat of all is that natural and man-made pollutants can concentrate in smaller levels of water, contaminating the supply and deeming it unsafe for irrigation or drinking. This threatens people's health, which we know has many associated externalities, and increases the costs related to treatment. It is an incredibly costly epidemic to reverse. For example, the Los Angeles Department of Power and Water recently had to shut down about half the wells in the San Fernando Basin due to contamination from industrial pollutants. They plan to spend $700 million to treat the water and make it usable again. It seems like a pretty crazy thing to happen in what is supposed to be a developed country, and prevention should absolutely be the first and foremost solution for any state at risk of water contamination. So it all looks a bit gloomy, I know, but next week I will be covering plans for the state and other solutions that individuals are taking on themselves. I will be posting a few resources on the website, including a graph showing overdraft levels across the state and a table that highlights the average agricultural water demands by region. This will give you a visual idea of what is going on in addition to this episode, so be, be sure to check them out. As always, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to come back next week. You can follow the show on Twitter at Every Economics and find the whole network at Cave Goblins across all social media platforms. Come and talk to us. Send us an email, feedback, episode suggestions, anything. We have a Discord server and a subreddit that want your input. Don't forget to also listen to Doug Vandalay's Comedy Zeitgeist out every week as well. Thanks again for listening. Be kind to each other. I am Talia Murdoch and this has been Everything Economics.